I'll be reading from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You receive invitations all the time. How do you decide whether or not to accept an invitation? Scripture is filled with heartfelt invitations from God to you. He invites those who are exhausted, curious, searching, or in need to find what we need most in Him. Will you accept the invitation? So you open the mailbox and there's that invitation. For many of us, one of the first things we look at is, if I say yes, what do I wear? You know, the old codes of, of dress, of attire for when you come. Is it casual? Is it informal? Is it semi-informal? Is it black tie, white tie? I've heard that that's the case. I've never been to any of those. But, you, you know, uh, what, what am I going to wear? And so if you're going to accept this, what are the implications? What comes next? Do I have to dress up? Do I dress down? And this invitation we're talking about today is an invitation to join Jesus, to come to God. And how do you present yourself to God? How, how do you come to God? How are you properly attired when you come to God? Now, the point of this whole message is we do not have to be perfect to be accepted by God. That's what we just read about in Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. While we were still sinners, while we were uncleaned, not looking right, Christ died for us. While we were still powerless, while we were ungodly. In fact, before we were even made, before we committed our first sin, Christ died for us to cleanse us of that sin. We are coming to one who is going to clothe us with perfection. We don't come perfect. Jesus always met people where they were, as they were and then change their lives. And in just a few minutes, we're gonna take time to walk through the first 32 verses of Luke chapter five and look at four different people and their conditions when they came to Jesus and what that experience, their experience in coming to Jesus. I have to say, when I'm presenting a message, very rarely do I find a song that fits as perfectly with the message as today's. And so as I preach this message, as, as, as we share these thoughts from Luke chapter 5, I would love to have your mind humming or singing, not out loud, thank you, but I would love for this song to be on your mind. And so Matt's going to come and lead us at this time. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, and waiting not to rid 
in my soul. One dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, I come broken to be mended, I come wounded to be healed, I come desperate to be rescued, I come empty to be filled, I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcomed with open arms, praise God, just as I am, just as I am, I would be lost. But mercy and grace, my freedom bought, and now to glory in your cross, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, I come broken to be mended, I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. I come guilty be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcomed with open arms, praise God, just as I am. I come broken to be mended, I come wounded to be healed, I come desperate to be rescued, I come <coughs> to be filled, I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcomed with open arms. Praise God, just as I am. Praise God, just as I am. Come as you are, broken, wounded, desperate, empty, guilty, just as we are. That's the invitation, but that's not 
how you'll stay. And to make this point, we're going to look at Luke at 5 and look at four relationships that are mentioned there. And I, there's a lot more to these relationships and what's going on than we'll be able to dig into today. But I, here are three things that I want you to observe from these relationships. How they came imperfect and broken. And as they came to Jesus and encountered him, they didn't stay the same. They were changed. So we're going to look first at their imperfections and their encounter, and then we're going to highlight that change that comes as well. And so we come to Jesus just as we are, and that can mean for many of us just a shallow relationship. We know about Jesus, we know a little bit about him, but the level and depth of our relationship is at a very shallow basis. And that's a fine place to come to Jesus. You can come in that situation. In fact, we find Simon Peter in Luke 5 in a similar situation. He had heard about Jesus. He's had some encounters with Jesus we can find from other texts. But listen to this special one, verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And there sat Simon Peter in the boat with Jesus. This man he'd encountered, but now he listens to these powerful words, and his words had an impact. Story again in verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. I mean, I've been listening to you, I heard what you shared some great wisdom I respect what you had to say I know fishing but you know what if you ask me to do this I'll go out into the deep water and I'll let down the nets because you've impressed me so far and so he does and here's what happens in verse 6 when they had done so they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink Something that hap just happened that a fisherman could not have expected, nor believed ever would happen. In fact, it was an impossibility. Putting those nets down and catching that many fish, that is not possible. And if that's impossible for men, for mankind, then what just happened? If this man, Jesus, can do what no man can do, he's got to be more than just a mere man. I must be in the presence of of the Son of God. And he recognized this. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, saw those fish and what had happened, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished by the catch of fish they had taken. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. The response of recognizing he is in the presence of God's Son is to see that he, he is a sinful man, that he is in the presence of God and brought sin into that presence. So go away. Get away from me. I am a sinful man. Our point is you don't have to be perfect to be accepted, to come to God and be accepted. And instead of walking away from Simon, 
Jesus invited him to even come closer, to go deeper. And when we realize our condition, hopefully we, like Peter, will come closer to Jesus and follow him and enter into a deeper relationship. Next, the, uh, the leper. Sometimes when we come to Jesus, we feel like we are these outcasts, that we are untouchable. In fact, to touch us would be to harm you. Pick up the story in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered, who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Here's a man who understands that he is not one to be touched. And everyone knows it. And then he came close to Jesus. Close enough that Jesus only had to take a step to touch what was untouchable. Because he reached out a hand while the man was still unclean. While he was still diseased and corrupted. How do you come to Jesus? Come as you are. And come close enough for Jesus to touch. Verse 14, then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. You were untouchable. Now go and show that you are one that has been touched and re-engage. Sometimes when we look at ourselves and think about coming into the presence of Jesus, we see ourselves as disabled. We think of all the things we can't do and, and are not able to accomplish in our lives. And we find a disabled man being carried to Jesus. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Here's a man that was disabled. I mean, there was no way he could get himself to Jesus. He was totally reliant on his friends. And his friends found a way to get him right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy, who can forgive sins, who can forgive sins but God alone? And there's a man who is disabled by his condition, comes to Jesus, and Jesus recognizes him and his condition. He is a sinful man. And he, he speaks to that, and he forgives those sins. And then Jesus said, in verse 22, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them took what he had been lying on and left. 
and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. I mean, they saw the man and they recognized the man. And just to make sure, they saw his mat that he was carrying because they had seen him laying on it. They recognized the mat, they recognized the man, and they saw that he was giving credit to God. And what did they do? They recognized that this man couldn't have done that, only God. And they joined him, joined him in praising God. And this disabled man was now enabled to praise God, and those around were filled with awe. They knew they had seen something remarkable. Come as you are. One of the conditions we oftentimes see ourselves in when we think about coming to God is as a person that is despised. It's despicable the things that I have done. The sin in my life, the actions of my life, where I find myself. And that's where we find Levi. Verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Tax collectors were despised people. If you saw a tax collector in those days, you would look at them and say, you know, when I think about bad people, people I don't want to be around, come near, or know, tax collectors are at the top of the list. They are even worse than sinners. Later on, you're going to see tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors made the one, number one. And so you wouldn't even look at them. You didn't want to get eye contact. You didn't want to come near. You wanted to walk away, walk, walk around, not be near. They were despised. And instead, Jesus saw, and he looked, and he came closer. He didn't walk away. He walked to him. And because of that, Levi walked away with him. His condition of being despised by others had not changed. What had changed is Jesus came near. Verse 29, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you do this? Why does Jesus spend time with those who are despised, who are so bad? But what does Levi do when this man walked close, when Jesus walked close? He just goes and invite other despised people. Hey, come and see this man that will look you in your eye and not walk away because of who you are. Come celebrate one who comes near. And then Jesus answers the religious folks with the message of the hour. Luke 5, verses 31 through 32. Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Come as you are means you come as a sinner, broken, despised, despicable, disabled. You come as you are. However, that's just the beginning. 
Have you ever heard the phrase, as you were? When, when I hear that phrase, a military con- situation comes to mind. It's, it's like a bunch of soldiers sitting around in a room, uh, doing whatever soldiers do as they sit around the room, and all of a sudden the officer walks in and they, they notice that, oh, wait a second, it was just a bunch of us guys and we could do whatever, but now all of a sudden somebody important came into the room, so you, you snap to attention. And then the officer might say, as you were, which was permission just go back and do what you were doing. It's, you don't have to act different because I'm in your presence, as you were. I, I have to be honest with you. When you come to Jesus, he will never say the words, as you were, as you were. Because when you come to Jesus, we are changed. You can never go backwards. Many of you know for many years at the Edmund congregation, I was the campus minister, and I loved every moment of it. Being a campus minister was a great joy in my life. College students are a lot of fun. One of the things that you observe over years around college students is the relationships. They come and they go, and they come and they go. And in just observing them and their relationships over the years, I came up with just some observations. I call them Risley's Rules for Relationships. Now, I get them from comedians, whatever. I just, I just noticed. Risley's Rules for Relationship, number one, I stole this, is all men are jerks. It's true. Take it from me. I am one. In other words, nobody's perfect. And that's what I wanted young ladies to know. If you date a guy, you're dating an imperfect person. And that's the same thing is true for guys to girls. Risley's Rules, number one, all men are jerks. Number two, women make us that way. It's true, you drive us crazy. Oh, if you love me, you do this and you do that. And it's, you only did that because I told you, yeah, was I not supposed to? You know, it's just, it's tough. Relationships are tough. And basically the whole point is you're not perfect. Rule number six is the best way to break up with a person is the way you didn't do it. There's not a good way to break up. Now to the one I wanted to mention to you, rule number seven. Relationships are always meant to go forward and never backwards. A lot of times you might have heard these terrible words. You're in a relationship, the two of you were dating, and all of a sudden the other person decided they didn't want to continue in the dating relationship, so they would come with you and they would say, I just want to be friends. In other words, they wanted the relationship to go backwards, and relationships are never meant to go backwards. I would always make this point is there is a chance you could go on to be just friends again, but you can't go backwards. And then when I'm talking to college students, I would always make the point of this is one of the reasons why you don't put sex before marriage. It's because relationships aren't meant to go backwards and you're jumping ahead. So there's a lot to that. But you know what I mean. Relationships are meant to move forward, not go backwards. And the same is true with our relationship with God. You will never hear him saying, as you were, to go backwards. We always go forward. And you say, but yet I'm a sinful man. Then go forward. I have a shallow relationship. Let's come deeper. The key is to come close to Jesus. Let him touch you where you are. And then follow him. And as you do that, you bring others closer to him as well. So let's look at these relationships one more time. If you come to Jesus with a shallow relationship, what do you do? Just follow 
Go into the deeper water. Follow Jesus and see what happens. If Jesus is the Son of God and you come as a sinful person into his presence, what do you do? Don't run away. You don't have to be perfect to be accepted by God. Don't push Jesus away just because you're a sinful person. Instead, come closer, follow him. And then allow that contact to help you bring other sinful ones closer as well. If you feel untouchable, I'd say one of the keys from this story is to reconnect. When Jesus ordered that leprous man to not tell anyone, but to go and offer the sacrifices Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. The one who is now untouchable, go and as a testimony show you're clean. Offer those sacrifices so people know that you have been touched and they can touch you again. In other words, you can make an impact in your community and that impact is your life. It's a testimony to others. And when they see it, they will come to learn as well. Come close enough to Jesus to be touched by him and leave cleansed and whole, no longer disabled or diseased by sin. And let the world see that cleansing that came in Christ. Let it be a testimony to others. And if you come disabled, what do you do? I think in our story, we see him enabled to praise God. Because when he could walk, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. He was disabled, but God touched him, Jesus touched him, and he was enabled for a purpose, for a reason, to carry the burden he had laid on as a, as a telling point to others that he has changed, to carry his mat out into this world as a testimony of Jesus in his life. Remember who was carried on a mat and see who is now carrying that mat. And who made it possible? The God who took me as I was and made me who I am. And if you feel despised because of all that's in your life, learn to celebrate what God has done. Levi, one of the most despised in his world, celebrated being accepted. He who was worse than a sinner and is now loved and accepted celebrated with others and he threw a banquet and he brought others who would feel the same so they too could follow Jesus so they could touch others and praise God and share the blessing here's the point I don't have to be perfect to be accepted into a deeper relationship with God and to be changed by his love there's no going backwards just going forward from where we are now and so you come to Jesus from wherever you are now and let him touch you and move forward so many times people think about this great invitation and they think whoa, 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 whoa. that's that's Jesus that's God we gotta I, I gotta fix a few things first I mean you you don't know what's in my life so I gotta dress up I gotta get ready get prepared I gotta show that I can do this Friend, if you've never put on Christ in baptism, that's very likely those are thoughts that you're thinking. That God couldn't love me. He couldn't appreciate me. I mean, I've got so much going on in my life. And nothing could be further from the truth. For 
knowing that very condition you see yourself in now, Christ died for you while you were still imperfect. And don't, don't, don't let Satan fool you into thinking you can live a Christian life without Christ. In other words, you can't fix all that's wrong without Christ as a part of your life. So you don't have to get all dressed up, prettied up, made up. You come as you are. And I'll tell you exactly why. No, I won't. I'll let Paul tell you exactly why. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 27. So in Christ Jesus, you all are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. When we if when we believe that Jesus is more than a man, that he truly is the Son of God, and we realize we've been living our lives one way and we want to repent, we're going to change. And we, we say, the world doesn't define it anymore. I'm going to confess Christ is Lord of my life. And when you come to Jesus and say, I'm going to make you Lord, and in the waters of baptism, you, the old man dies, and you're brought forward, brought up to a new life, clothed with Christ. You come as you are, and you leave clothed with Christ. And if you never put Christ on in baptism... I'd call you to do it today. That's the great invitation. You can't live a Christian life without Christ. And then are you going to have struggles? Yes. Every one of us, every brother and sister in this room right now, struggles. We have hard times. There's times we feel despised. We feel broken. We, we feel separated from God. But God is with us, and we follow and go into that deeper relationship. And brother and sister, if you find yourself wandered away, you're trying to fix everything before you come home? Come home. Come to Jesus. Renew that fellowship and allow him to help you with the, per, with the program. How do you come to Jesus? How do you answer the great invitation? Come as you are. We're going to offer an invitation too. If you need to respond publicly, this is a great time. There's a couple of shepherds and their wives that will be in the parlor. They would love to visit with you if you'd like to just visit with a few. But if you'd like to come and let us pray for you or if you would like to put on Christ in baptism, we'd invite you to do so now. So we're going to sing that great invitation song, Just As I Am. Won't you come? Stand.